everybody, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by OS Training, keeping your clients and yourself on top of learning WordPress and WooCommerce, and NitroPack for the all-in-one solution for performance optimization of your client's site. I'll tell you more about a pod friend later in the show, but let's get started with another dev chat as Zach, Till, and Carl dive into the elusive answer to the question, what is a WordPress developer? It's a good one, and I'm going to leave it at that. Welcome to Do the Woo, the uh, Woo Dev Chat. I'm Zach. I'm here with Till and Carl. How are you two doing? Good, man. How about you? I'm doing good. You? You know... It's been uh, it's been really an interesting month and well two months since we have done this it hasn't it been uh, I don't I don't actually time is a very fluctuating thing for me I feel like we met like we do once a month so technically it should have just been a month like we moved it we moved it we skipped one month because of Ukraine but we did have a podcast since then so we had Jay we had Trip Jay we had Trip Jay we had Trip Jay. We did. We had John James Jacoby on. You know, that uh, that was a good time. That was a good time. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode because we talked about really important things. Till, what have you been working on? Um, I've been working on serverless Laravel, which has been quite fascinating. And now I understand why Carl started Emir and why he wants to move WordPress onto serverless or at least offer this to these people with mm, oh, yeah. higher needs than just a little spin up WP. No, what's Constantine service called? Sale? WP Sale. Sale? Yeah. Sale is great. I did a I did an article where I use Sale. I think it's like basically the server spiritual version of like Emir because it's a DevOps platform too. Like you deploy like with spin up, it configures all your server and you can manage servers and things like that, which Sail does too, but you don't use it to also deploy WordPress projects. So that's like where we were a bit similar. Right. But uh, I did I did an article actually for, for the Emir blog where I use Sail because I was like, this isn't a serverless thing. Like I like for me, at least from a content marketing strategy, like I just want it to be uh, basically WordPress and AWS blog like do you want to do cool stuff with aws and wordpress then i will write about it and <laughs> so that was like basically it with with sale i was like okay how do we do page caching with cloudfront and doing um the globally distributed uh page caching so didn't need serverless to do that you just needed cloudfront so i just showed like how you could do it with a regular server and if you put cloudflare in front of that you can save a lot of money Yes. Yeah. Depending on your traffic. I hope everybody does that. I do it with everything. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, we just, um, over on the Cloudways side, started an enterprise partnership with them. If you use the Cloudflare plugin and you want to do page caching with Cloudflare, you need the, mm -hmm. the enterprise to do that. Which starts at $5,000 a month. But yeah, Cloudfront's getting a bit better. Like, I, I used to pay for Cloudfront and now I don't pay so like they they definitely bumped the the free tier but it's definitely 
pricier. Everybody that I talk to, they're like, can I use Cloudflare? I'm like, of course, you can use Cloudflare if you want, um, because it's, it is cheaper. Right? But, you know, as an AWS solution, I just have to, like, piece everything together. But at the end of the day, the whole point of the product itself is to just do the serverless thing. And if you want to use other components for different parts, then you're free to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, so speaking of real developers, real world WordPress developers, I'm not sure what's what's the topic today. Just in general, developers, developers. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the definition of a developer in the WordPress space. So, yeah, we're running this dev chat, but a lot of people are confused about what a developer actually is, and I guess there's some ambiguity in the WordPress space because a lot of people who are builders think that that's development. In my opinion, it's not. What's a builder? That's kind of what we're here to talk about today. Like people who... Like a page builder? Yeah, people who use plugins or, you know, can configure the WordPress admin. There there are groups of people who consider themselves developers because they can do that. I mean, not, I think we're, we wouldn't be developers if we didn't have opinions about what it is to be a developer. So, Absolutely. And this is going to be a very opinionated episode, everybody. So your definition may be different than ours, and that's okay. I don't think any of us three have the same one. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to do like a bet on that right now. Uh, so where I draw the line is if you write code, you're a developer. Mm. Now that doesn't mean mm. that doesn't mean you write HTML, right? HTML is not necessarily a development language, but if you write code, and we're talking, you know, JavaScript on the front end or PHP on the back end in the WordPress space, then you're a developer. Mm. If you know how to use CSS, you are a front end. Developer, maybe? Do you also know JavaScript and HTML? Okay, well, then you're a front-end developer. If you know PHP and some SQL, then maybe you're a back-end developer. But I don't know. I wish you guys could see Till's face right now. Oh, it's it's so priceless. It's so good. It's so good. Physically uncomfortable. I really want to know what Till is thinking. Well, yeah, okay. What I'm thinking is that... I know a few people like CEOs of companies in our space, um, not to mention any names like Tom or that's a very broad name. So nobody knows us and they still like hack around. They, they, you know, they update the config and they change some PHP values and maybe even they add a little script at the bottom of the page because they're hot fixing something. But to your definition, that wouldn't also be developer because they're writing PHP, <laughs> like changing this. And where's the line between like a builder? I know hacker is the wrong word. I usually call it just someone who hacks things together. That's a very broad, un, it's a bad term, I'd say right now. Yeah, my question would be, where's the line from a builder to maybe a bit more of an advanced builder who also knows how to patch some things, copy a little snippet from Stack Overflow, but doesn't really, you know, couldn't do it by themselves. That is an interesting distinction, right? If you can copy and paste some code into your functions PHP file that someone else tells you does something, you're not a developer. 
You're just somebody who can copy and paste somebody else's code that they developed. Hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So if you can write it from scratch, then you're a developer. Can you build your own plugin? Okay, yeah, you're a developer. Can you build your own theme? Okay, you're probably a developer. Creating a child theme and putting some code somebody else wrote in the functions PHP file? Not a developer. Yeah, fair enough. I also, I'm just going to be very transparent here. I don't care <laughs> about the definition because to me, even if when people ask me, uh, what do I do? And nobody would understand uh, the, the, the normies that I talk with outside my home. It's just that I make things. And to me, someone like a maker, creator, whether this is copy and pasting from Stack Overflow using the WordPress full page editing or developing things, Sure, I, clearly there's distinction, but I find all of us, not to be already undermining this here, um, but we all just make things. And that's what matters to me, at least, as opposed to, you know, drawing lines and distinctions between who does what. But yes, I think your definition is pretty good. Someone who knows how to write code, maybe has a bit of experience, a couple of weeks on doing things from scratch. That's probably something I would add to that. Can you start with like a blank document source file and create something from it? Maybe that's a developer. Well, and let's face it. The single most important developer skill is the ability to use documentation well, right? Mm -hmm. Or write documentation. That's senior level stuff. Now that's, that's another skill entirely, right? That is a really important skill, but it is another skill entirely. But utilizing documentation well and understanding the language constructs, understanding what a if-then statement, a conditional statement does, understanding what a loop does, understanding all of those things and then how to implement them into something that you're building. Um, you may not remember the structure of how you do that in every language that you work in, Right. I used to do work in C sharp. I could not pick up a uh, visual studio today and write a .NET application in C sharp without extensive documentation because it's not what I do every day. Yeah. I'm, I've been thinking, I like, I like Till's answer. I'm also not on the, I'm not very controversial, controversial either. I like the creator aspect. I think, <laughs> Zach's like pointing at him, at himself. Um, but I'd like the creator aspect. I like the idea that if you're a developer, I think I've given a lot of talks and talked to a lot of people. And I think what I think what a lot of programmers did as a kid, at least you know, for an old fart like me at this point, is play with Legos. So if you loved Legos as a kid and you loved building stuff like you loved building, you know, if you got the castle or the like the pirate ship and you built the pirate ship. But after that, if you like tore it all down and you started building your old stuff with it, like I always talked about like programming as kind of like Lego, like Lego, but like for soft for like, you know, the digital version of Lego, because it's you can build stuff. You can like literally if you can think about it, you can maybe build it. So like, I find like that's the coolest aspect of being a developer. I think people lose themselves a bit in the weeds of like trying to figure out, well, are you like a real, are you senior? Or are you like expert? 
like I, I think you lose yourself a bit in the weeds in that. And I think especially in WordPress, because the skill gap is so huge, but I think that's like always been one of WordPress strengths. Cause like, you know, if we go with Legos, like one of the most intimidating things with other programming languages is like, how do we start with like WordPress? It's like so simple to get in and, and actually like build something like, like that's one of the reasons, like, for example, Laravel is really popular because it's easy to build something like it's to get something like you, you have an idea, you want to build something. And I think that's really good, but it brings with it some uh, negatives, which is like, if it's super accessible, then your skill level starts lower. So that's always like, I don't know what, like, I see a lot of nodding. So I, but I think that's what I think about a lot about developers, like, it's not whether you're one or not is like, where are you on this spectrum of like skill and where do you want to go? Like not everybody wants to be like a crazy ass developer. If you're a level developer and you want to switch to WordPress for whatever reason, you will very quickly get a job. Probably. I, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't want to put any labels to what mid-level senior you would jump into, but you will have a lot a different set of knowledge coming into this as opposed to a WordPress developer who wanted to upgrade, which was me in like the early 2000, no, whenever, a long time ago, uh, where I wanted to write better, more beautiful, more poetic software, more not appeasing, pleasurable. I wanted to like look at what I made and, and feel pleasure and be excited and, and proud of it. And I never really had that feeling with WordPress. And I learned that in the Laravel ecosystem, and I could then bring it back into WordPress later, but I definitely had to level up my skills because it was pretty, it's a bit of a patchwork sometimes with WordPress, but still it's, it's developing. I, I would agree there. Certainly. I find that the types of developers that I want to work with, the people that I used to hire, they're the ones that can make code look elegant, right? That are able to take a concept and distill it down to a point where just by looking at the class or looking at the plugin files, you can see what they were trying to do. And I find that a lot of times people who are less experienced as developers, and maybe this is the difference between junior and senior developers, is people who are less experienced tend to write more messy code. They don't consider it to be a work of art the way a senior developer would. And I think that artistry is a very important part of writing efficient code. It seems that code that is elegant also tends to be more scalable. Code that is elegant tends to be more maintainable. So, you know, that's the whole reason why we have frameworks like Laravel, why we uh, have these, you know, stalwart concepts in the programming world, like, you know, like model view controller. Like that is a, a huge stalwart piece of development history that created a separation of concerns that when done right looked elegant. And so I think that is definitely a, a defining factor in transitioning from being a more junior developer to a more senior developer is 
reaching that level of artistry, that level of elegance that you just don't have until you have enough time in language to get there. And if you want an example of elegance, look at how the Laravel framework is written. That is the most elegant framework I have ever seen. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's funny because I'm not sure I agree. So Really? Yes. Yeah. That's I mean that's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. No, but I think I think you know, I think there's what I think there's elegance and developer accessibility. Laravel, I think, is the master of developer accessibility. I would argue probably even more so than WordPress at this point, because WordPress, I feel, has, has kind of ne- used to be, I think, really, really good at developer accessibility, um, at thinking true, like, how do I make it easy for developers to do things? They had APIs. They, they still care, but it you could you can notice if you've been around for like a decade more, like I have, like you can see that there's been a change of focus on that respect, especially with the JavaScript side becoming more important and onboarding people that want to use Gutenberg and things like that is not easy. It's not straightforward. It, there's not the tooling's not simple. It's it's not accessible, especially compared to like where you're like the skill level that most people are going to enter WordPress from based on its reputation. Um, I think Laravel does so much, much better of a job, like even on the JavaScript side of onboarding people. Mm. For elegance, I don't find the magic methods, the facades to be elegant. They're great developer experience things. The fact that I need an entire package so that my PHP storm can even understand what Laravel is doing and where I should be looking at code to me is a sign of not elegance. For example, it's a sign of, Oh, like this is a lot of magic. Like how much magic are you using? Magic is great. Magic makes the developer experience amazing. It does not necessarily make the code easy to understand or like introspect, or if you're like me who likes digging in, it doesn't make it easy to do that. So I think there's, that's why it's like, it's, it's always a tricky thing because it's also a question, a personal question of taste. But I think for me, that's always been like where I respect because I use Laravel. Emir is built in Laravel. Like I would recommend Laravel and I'm like a symphony guy True and true. Like for me, Symphony components is the elegant. Like if you're like a a hardcore, like object oriented, like designer, like patterns and all that stuff, like you love Symphony components. Like they're, they're encapsulated. They're easy to use. Like you're, you can take the ones you need, like, oh, I need to process YAML. There's a component for that. I need to do a console application. There's a, there's a component for that. Like it's very good, but it's, their developer experience sucks, like compared to Laravel, like, and that's the fact. So, like to me, the it's the better contrast between the two because Laravel uses Symphony components, but its developer UX is ten times better. You also mentioned onboarding, which I thought was a good it's a good point. The getting started with Laravel or X framework is really well done um, with a dummy project, and they walk you through the you know four, five, six, ten components. How do you create routes? What's a route? What's a controller? And just really dumb it down for someone who gets started. 
I really enjoyed reading that initially or following something like Lara Casts from Jeffrey. It's just, it's a good resource to get started and being walked through these concepts and, and doing something new. And I don't know if WordPress has that. Maybe I just never looked it up because I didn't need it. But speaking to this developer onboarding is certainly some frameworks do a really good job at it. They have good documentation. WordPress, like the functions, like the, you can always go online and find documentation on, on a WordPress function. I think they've done a really good job at that. I think the onboarding is true. Like if you read about Gutenberg, that's like constantly comes up that the API isn't stable. Um, it's hard. It, it's hard to get started. Uh, they're doing they're doing work. Like it's not to discredit that they're trying to not trying to improve it, but I think, and it's the same thing I think with WooCommerce. Like WooCommerce is a ginormous piece of software, and Zach can probably speak to it way more than either of us uh, than me and Till. But um, but I think onboarding for WooCommerce, if I want to make an add-on for WooCommerce, I wouldn't, is there even documentation for that? There is, um, especially for things like payment gateways where standardization is more common, but there, there's definitely documentation on the, on the Woo developer site, uh, for how to, you know, structure a WooCommerce extension or, uh, what the requirements are for passing muster for being in the marketplace and all of that, you know, the standards that they're expecting. But I would argue that those standards are still too low <laughs> just because I can't count on every single plugin in the marketplace to be scalable, to be modular, to not have conflicts with other plugins from the same marketplace, um, to not have issues with layering if yeah, if you layer one plugin on top of another where there's never going to be a conflict, I mean, we don't have that guarantee. Persistent object caching? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I, when I started out as a WordPress developer, I used to think that transients were just a place to dump things that you didn't want to have to go to the database every time for. That's not exactly true, right? There's a, a time and a place for using a transient properly. But when you're in an environment or a platform like WordPress, you you make mistakes. You do things that aren't architecturally sound. And then you learn when a site goes down because your code was the reason that 500 errors started showing up. You learn really quickly that, oh, well, that's because I did this wrong. <laughs> Right. That's because I'm hammering the database way too frequently. Or I used this plugin from this untrusted source that I had never used before because it accomplished the function that I wanted. And that's a huge difference between builders and developers, right? We build things to create the function that we want. We don't choose code based on its functionality. We write code to fit the functionality we want. That's the difference. You, you choose a plugin because it does something you want it to do. I write code because it accomplishes a goal. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. When you build a client site, after the fact, you are doing one or two things. 
continuing to help them maintain their site or simply handing it over. Now, whatever the case may be, you need to give your clients even more confidence in running their Woo shop. OS Training has a great collection of WooCommerce tutorials that will help your clients get the most out of their site. And as a bonus for you, the builder, you can also find training to enhance your knowledge as they continue to grow their WordPress and WooCommerce developer training. So whether it's for yourself or to help your clients understand and take control of their WooShop, OS Training has you covered at OSTraining.com. If you're looking for an all-in-one site speed optimization solution for you or your clients, and one that is trusted by over 100,000 sites, look no further than NitroPack. With easy setup and automatically run optimizations, such as advanced caching mechanism, image optimization stack, code minification and compression, critical CSS and built-in CDN, your clients will be on their way to increase conversion rates, a better user experience, and an easy pass with their core web vitals. Want to learn more? Just head over to nitropack.io. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. I kind of want to dial it back a bit towards the, the question, which is, I think one thing that I like to use, like you use builder. I like to use the term solutions integrator <laughs> like no because because to me that's it, till's laughing but i i like i i think it's a really good way to think about sometimes how people i think that's where like the distinguish like that's where like people i think think developer non-developer is like okay like i want to take elementor and you know um yoast and a bunch of things make them work together build a site and make it look good and then deliver it. And that clearly is not the role of a developer, but I think you can still be a solutions integrator. Like if you talk to somebody that does SAP integrations, I can guarantee you that they know how to code, you know? Um, it's, you know, I, I think of my friend Patrick who's running Wugo stores and he's trying to make like, 15 WooCommerce plugins work together. And trust me, you need to know how to code too. Like, I think there's just like, it's just, there's a bad rap to this idea of like a solutions integrator. I think you just have to be honest, like a bit with the fact that like, that's what I'm doing. Like it's people that, it's people that come to you and talk to you and say, oh, like I'm a developer, but really they've never done it. That's like, that's, that's where like people get kind of like a bit touchy about it. I don't know what you guys think. But if they call themselves WordPress developer, then it's totally applicable, I think. <laughs> no, actually your term of solutions, it's, it's a, it sounds like an insurance broker. It's a very convoluted term. Well, yeah, it's a very enterprisey term. I, I used to use it like. Yeah, but integrate is good. But I just think about it that way because like all each plugin is kind of a solution to a problem. And you're like basically trying to integrate these different that like, especially in, I feel like WooCommerce is like takes that to like the extreme because it's like you're trying to build a, an e-commerce and you're like, okay, I need to be able to print labels. I need to be able to do drop shipping. I need to do this, this, this. I need to support these payment gateways. Okay. Well, I know this session does this, this, this. And then like Zach said, you put them all together and you're like, 
why is everything on fire now? And then you're like, you're basically the firefighter. And that's, that's kind of your job. And you need to know code to do that. Like I would argue if you have to go and figure out everything that's broken and how to fix it, like you kind of are a developer, but you're, it's kind of, it has this dirty aspect to it because like, yeah, you're just like piecing all these plugins together. But I think that's kind of like, that's kind of part of being in WordPress. It's like part of being in WordPress is a lot of your projects are not bespoke. I mean, I don't know about you two. Like, have you done a lot of bespoke projects where like you barely didn't use any other external plugins or paid plugins? I've done a few like that. Um, Most of the time, no. There's a balance between writing custom code for the things where it makes sense and utilizing existing solutions because they're existing solutions that you've tried before that you know work well. You know, I'm not going to write a custom form plugin anytime soon. There are plenty of those, right? I can implement gravity forms or ninja forms or uh, fluent forms or formidable forms or WP forms or any other of a number of plugins that have forms in the title. Right. Yeah. Forms is a funny one because like the one, the person that did symphony forms wrote his master's thesis on it. Like forms are hard. It's like, they're freaking hard. Like it's actually like a really hard problem to do well but that's not something that I want to crack. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Like I don't want to write a date handling library ever in my entire life. Yeah. It's sadistic to, to, to deal with dates in, in any way, shape or form, you know, again, people know I make software and then they ask me some questions or they need help with a website or some, something like that. Can and you build my website? No, I'm, I'm trying to hire you to do that right now. No, but that's what everybody yeah. asks me. It's yeah. like, can you build my website? Like, I need a personal website. I'm like, can you build it? I'm like, yeah. I, I don't think you realize that I like work in enterprise and charge like several three figures, like not with starting with a one per hour, you know, like, and they're like, oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. What I've done maybe like 10, 15 years ago is like, cool, yeah, let's do something and I would code something, maybe use WordPress, maybe movable type before then, whatever it was. But what I've noticed in myself the last 10 plus years is that my recommendation now is you want to start a shop, um, I send them to Shopify. If they want to start a website, I send them to Squarespace or whatever. These are the two that I know um, or for the needs that my friends have. And seeing these abstractions on top of problems become more popular i think also it's gonna maybe hopefully gonna change our the labeling around the whole developer thing like in the beginning you had to code everything in wordpress and you needed coding now you can be a builder because there's so many plugins and supporting elements or modules around wordpress whether it's a cdn from your hosting company in the beginning you had to set it up now it's five dollars a month with cloudways or whoever and the integrations from your solution integrator there, everything is becoming a lot more integrated and accessible and easier to use. The these I think that you both probably remember the transition from regular web traffic to TLS or HTTPS. And when Google required it, everybody was scrambling because nobody kind of like set it up in the beginning, but now it's just standard and it comes with it. You probably can't even access your website without 
TLS anymore. I, I don't know. And seeing this transition from things are really hard. You need to know how to code. You're a real WordPress developer or not to solution integrators or builders can get away with a lot and they can make a lot. And I think I can only assume in the next couple of years, unless there's like nuclear war or something like that, things will get easier. And even for us who probably have a lot of these skills and, and we can code whatever we want, I want to use pre-existing solutions. I want my life to be easy. I'd, at least now I don't get too much joy out of spending 40 hours doing it. I mean, that's Emir's like entire premise. Yeah, exactly. I was I was getting there. That's my entire marketing. It's like basically, you know, do you really want to care about your server or do you just want to host your website and that's it, you know? Obviously, that's like the hosting premise as well, but I'm just like, yep. it's like basically that. And yeah, I agree. Um, I, was, I had an example and then I forgot, so... I've reached a point in my career where I don't want to do the things that suck anymore. I want to focus on the fun problems, the interesting solutions, right? I don't want to do the things that I've done before. Like, I brought up dates earlier. How many people on this panel want to convert an a epoch date to a non-Gregorian calendar? I mean, I've done, I've built a calendar scheduling in WordPress, and I can guarantee you that that's about as fun as as forms. Like, oh, like don't overlap, don't overlap, like schedules, like all the whole thing. So much fun. Well, and there are places in the world that don't adhere to a Gregorian calendar. There are there are still places in the world where a priest from the community wakes up and tells you what day it is like that's that is a thing you know where there are areas of the world where that is just they they don't live on the gregorian calendar the mass rover now you need to add relativity to your date calculations yeah i mean with with space travel things get weirder don't they um but that's that's just one of those things where I would never want to tackle that problem myself. I worked on an electronic medical records uh, solution many, many years ago with my friends at Digital Primates in Chicago. And that was one of the biggest problems that they tackled working on that project. I was you know, doing UI design, so I wasn't involved in that portion of the project. But... I remember the conversations around non-Gregorian dates just being a complete mind-blowing conversation on all of these various things that can cause a date to not be the date you think it is. I don't want to tackle that. Maybe that's the definition of a real developer and we're not actually real. And what <laughs> even is real? But someone who says like, yeah, I want to build a time zone dates library. I want to deal with time zones. I want to deal with calendars. And they do this open source for free for the last 15 years on GitHub. Maybe that's a real developer and we're just frauds. I mean, even your building, your creation, I think, definition at the beginning is kind of un not under attack, but um, I, I kind of remembered what I wanted to, to bring up is no-code solutions. So no-code solutions is increasingly allowing people to build 
really complex businesses and applications with actually like no programming skill to me like that uh, that's also a solutions integrator but basically it's all powered by zapier and you know like you have a website you enter a form with type form that form goes into zapier zapier triggers this this adds a field to um uh, an air tables which does some other thing and then you know it, <laughs> you can build complex workflows with that it's kind of like mind-boggling actually what what people come up with and they they're not developers you know and it's you know shop shopify is a good example too like you can build your storefront and then you tie in zapier to that and then you can tie it to different systems and what language would i even use with shopify i don't care i have an interesting question so we're on the topic of no code uh what about assisted coding are you still a programmer if github's copilot has written <laughs> half your code do either of you use uh, copilot i do yeah i haven't gotten in yet okay so we have one person i don't use it my friend well, our common friend uh me until patrick uses it he sends me screenshots of it all the time he's like i'm like he's completely mind-boggled like he'll he'll write up the beginning of a function like in wordpress it's like add setting and it'll they'll write 90% of it. And he's like, and it's written well. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not in an existential crisis around GitHub Copilot. I think most people are <laughs> like, this is like really cool. I'm like kind of mind boggled with AI stuff. Like I've been like, since Dali came out, like I'm completely. You mean two or one? Uh, two, two. I think it's two mostly that I'm seeing artwork with. But like I shared one with Tom McFarlane yesterday. Somebody like, put may the fort be with you in dali and honestly mind blown like everywhere like little it's just so amazing so like i feel the same way about copilot yeah and copilot is it's still rough and it's not going to do your whole job for you but i think your your point of dali too we're just not quite there yet because it's maybe also not that big of a need or um, we're not the trucking industry being undermined by autonomous drivers but i think it's a it's a at least i see the transition from i have to do everything for my friends to no just use shopify or squarespace and so on well i have a question for you too actually i i mean related to copilot i'm i'm personally not that excited with copilot not because of its capabilities but just because i like writing code like I actually like writing. So like, it's kind of like an autocomplete when you're like writing an email, sometimes you'll press tab, but most of the time, like I just want to write. So one of the reasons I've, I've not really been interested in, in installing it is I don't really want to start typing something. And I don't know if you can just turn it on on demand. So Till can answer it. But like one of the things that I was thinking about is I just don't want to every time I type something that it just spits out the, the entire solution for me. Like I just like writing it. I like writing it my way, especially like I know for a fact it's going to just spit it out like WordPress style and I'm not going to like it. So, um, but that's part of the reason too for Copilot. Is it, is it really an efficiency thing or is it just like stack overflow kind of on crack here uh, where it's like, you're not too sure what you're doing, but it'll but it'll like do the whole thing for you. Yeah, but it's 
we're getting very philosophical here. My my wife, for example, is a mm, hobby potter, hobby ceramicist. I don't know what the right term is. She does it for fun. She doesn't want to do it as a production person who makes 50 mucks in a week and slaves away and just gets $50. But now she makes these mugs or plates and butter dishes and cooking dish holders and all of these things. They're beautiful little pieces of art and making like buying a mug for five dollars at ikea that is well made it looks okay is a difference than buying a mug of either someone you know or you don't know um probably has a lot more value if you actually even know this person and you made it by hand but even just buying it from an artist and you know you made they made it by hand and it took them probably a whole day to create this one thing that you drink some tea out of is valuable to people or at least it is to me and i think to most people where like convenience and everything is cheap and accessible cool that's awesome if you want to start a website and when we talk about github copilot and your desire to sometimes just write code of course there's also this, this pleasure part coming back in and wanting to write pleasing code and, and having a good time but also valuing something that took a human time now this is come it's very philosophical and meta and has nothing to do with actually getting work done or charging for it but just being a developer i just had the same experience where like i moved our website off to off heroku to um serverless aws similar to emia just it's not written in wordpress and i did it myself and i i really enjoyed this whole process i discovered a lot of flaws in my code that didn't they were very inefficient then i had to fix them and it was a very enjoyable process to me so i i, I think differentiating between yeah what you can accomplish a lot with no code M maybe most things you don't need to and you don't need to be a developer to run a woocommerce store at scale i don't think you do if you use email or if you use a decent solution of a decent hosting company or you can outsource it but the whole idea of still writing code as a creative outlet and, and uh, an expression a self-expression i think is it's certainly a big part of my life i talked a lot about that with my emir there's an article um we can i can uh, we can link it, but it's called like, uh, I just want to work. It's something like, I just want to work in my garden. Like, it's just like talking about like, like building software, like gardening. Like, I don't want it to necessarily a bit, a bit like, I really relate to what you said about your wife till like that. I wrote about that in my year and review about Emir. Like, I don't want Emir to be like as big as Cloudways or, I mean, you never, uh, again, we don't talk in absolutes, but I think there's something like, I just like this idea of being able to, like, work on code, build something that brings joy to a couple of people, like, obviously enough to sustain me, but it doesn't have to be, like, a giant thing. Like, it could just be a, a small, a smallish thing that, like, allows me to just survive and continue writing code and be happy, and that's it. And I think there's value to that, too. Well, and I think that's kind of the difference between... Coding for craft and coding for commerce, right? There are a lot of people that code just to make money, and that's great. Like, there are reasons for that. You know, everybody needs to make a living. But coding for craft, I find to be far more enjoyable. Coding because I want to write an elegant solution to something, 
that's that's what brings me to the table. That's what makes me want to get up and do what we do. Have I always had the flexibility to do that? No, absolutely not. I started in the trenches. We all start in the trenches, right? And then you reach a level with your craft where you can self-select into coding for craft rather than coding for commerce. Yeah. And it's a very freeing place to go. So I think what we've learned today is that it's really hard to define exactly what a developer is. (laughs) Well, it's a personal thing also. And it is absolutely a personal thing. Do we look down on people who build things by putting together themes and plugins? Absolutely not. Right? There is a reason for being an integrator, being able to architect a solution that works for your customers. In the end, the title that you give yourself matters little. It's the results that you create for the people that are paying you to do the work. So uh, it's been great talking about the definition of a developer with the two of you. I know. Actually, you know, I'm going to cut you off there. I'm going to say one more thing that I didn't want to throw out right in the beginning and not to give advice at all. But what I've seen and what I've seen over the last 20 years is that we talked a lot about code, no code, all of these things. Humans who, who move programming languages around and make things with it, developers, real developers, WordPress developers, it doesn't really matter. The people that have seen us successful are the ones that focus half the time, 50% of their, their day-to-day the job, the communication, whatever it is, on the human aspects of holding their clients' hands and talk them through their emotions of being concerned and scared because they don't know what the developer is doing. And not to completely, you know, um, extend this podcast, but the human side of being a developer and working with other people, working with your clients and cultivating these I think soft skills is a bad word, but these emotional or interpersonal aspects of it is also often not discussed. And the people that I see are very successful, they understand that part, that it's not about, oh, you want to write eloquent, elegant code with Laravel or WordPress. It is also understanding that human side. And there's a meme that, uh, that me, it's soft skills to pay the bills. Uh, but yes, I agree 100% yeah. with what you said. Yeah, and maybe that's a topic for us to come back to in the future. Something where uh, we can help those of us who maybe earlier in our journey as a developer to understand understand more of the necessity, not just the benefit, but the necessity of cultivating those soft skills in your developer life and as part of your career. Uh, because... I I don't know about the two of you, but when I started as a developer, I was socially awkward (laughs) and I had to learn, right? I had to learn to be who I am today through doing. And, you know, I I will say that uh, when I moved from the flash industry to the WordPress industry, and that's a whole nother story. Um, I spent a year working for Apple, working on the phones as tech support, Apple care for iOS products. 
and the five weeks of training that they gave me on empathy and soft skills changed the direction of my career. So if you have a chance to learn more about that before we get to an episode about it sometime in the future, um, by all means, take that chance, develop those soft skills, because it will completely change the way that you interact with your clients, with your peers, with everybody. So we'll leave you with that life-changing statement. It's been fun as always. Thank you both for joining uh, and being co-hosts on this as always. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll see you in a month. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends for WordPress or WooCommerce training, whether it's for yourself, a client, or a team member, alwayschraining.com has you covered. And make sure and do check out nitropack.io for a powerful, optimized performance solution for your client's sites. Make sure to follow us by simply going to do the woo.io forward slash subscribe until the next time keep on doing the woo